Good morning and welcome once again to MoneyWise with Ray Lance of USA Wealth Group, your financial and retirement guide. Thank you for making us part of your morning. The mission of USA Wealth is to help you protect your family and protect your money. And now here's the host of your show, Ray Lance. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of MoneyWise. Thank you for listening to our show every week. We like to talk about things which will help you with your finances, with your money, things which will give you some important information about how you can protect your family and how to protect your money. This show is brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. You can reach us at 508-998-8858. Today we're going to talk about real estate. I don't think there's anybody I know that doesn't like to look at real estate or read ads about real estate. Every time I visit a different city, one of the first things I do is look for the little real estate books because I'm curious to know what are values in that particular area. So this morning, we have a special treat. We have two very special guests with us this morning who are really experts in their field. Of course, they're not in the field this morning. They're in the the studio with me. But we have with us Steve Madero. Steve is the president-elect of the Southeastern Massachusetts Association of Realtors. And on January 1st, uh, 2015, he will assume the office of president. Uh, Steve is also involved in real estate with Pelletier Realty. And good morning, Steve. Good morning. Thank you for being here. We also have with us Paul Chase, who's the chief executive officer for Southeastern Massachusetts Association of Realtors. And uh, Paul, we welcome you also this morning. Good morning. Now, you do some other interesting things, Paul. You're also chairman of the Rail to Boston Coalition. Correct. Coalition. Okay. So what does that do exactly? What do, is it trying uh, well, to promote South Coast Rail? Exactly, the reestablishment of South Coast Rail. So we have uh, private organizations, public organizations that are on the coalition, not from just around here, but from around the state, and uh, we're trying to pool our resources. We have a government relations coordinator. We have a public relations coordinator, and We're doing everything we can to get rail back this way. So what is your personal prediction? Do you think eventually we will have rail back in southeastern Massachusetts? You know, I do. I can tell you that we're about as far along as we've ever been. And I know many people have heard heard it year over year, last 20, 25 years. But we've actually got to a point where they're doing design and permitting now. So that um, that is a good step forward. So, Steve, let me ask you this question. If we do get South Coast Rail back in operation again, what's that going to do to real estate values? I think it's going to help uh, people with who own investment properties because you'll see people who are looking to maybe move out of the city of Boston and move further south where they have the rail access, mm-hmm. and that'll allow us to have uh, you know I think a, a more diverse pool of renters, um, and that'll you know definitely give you a little better ability to have a higher rent. Uh, if that person's making, you know, have a, has a better job in the Boston area. So. Well, I can tell you from personal experience that my daughter right now is looking for a new place to live because her husband has over an hour commute into Boston right now, and transportation is a major factor for them about where they're locating, where they're going to be looking. Well, today we're going to be talking about real estate, ladies and gentlemen, and I'd like to give you a quotation from John D. Rockefeller. The major fortunes in America have been made in land. And I want to give you a few quotations today also from a gentleman who happens to be in the political eye right now, but I want to assure you this is in no way an endorsement of Mr. Donald J. Trump. 
But um, as many of you may know, he's been very active in the real estate business himself. So here's a quotation from Donald Trump. It's tangible. It's solid. It's beautiful. It's artistic from my standpoint. And I just love real estate. That's from Donald Trump. (laughs) So we're going to have a few other quotations from him today because he said some uh, amusing and interesting things. We might as well give you one more from Donald Trump. Um, Hopefully while we can still talk about him on the political landscape. (laughs) So here's a quotation from Donald Trump. You have to think anyway, so why not think big? That sounds like Donald Trump, doesn't it? It does. (laughs) But our focus today is to talk about real estate. And I guess the really good news, the really interesting news that people should know about today is that the trend in the real estate market right now, certainly locally, is up in the southeastern region. Um, Paul, who is the chief executive officer, for the Southeastern Massachusetts Association of Realtors, gave me the market update ending in August for this year for the Southeast region. And boy, these are really pretty impressive, amazing statistics. So let me bore you for just a couple minutes with statistics, but if you like numbers and if you have interest in real estate, this is fascinating. Pending sales from this year over last year are up 42.6%, almost 43%. That's incredible. It is. That, what that says really is that it's a seller's market, isn't it? It is absolutely a seller's market. Absolutely. And how about closed sales? Have you had an increase in closings also as well? Yes. Our closings are up year over year, 19.5%. Well, that's amazing also. So basically a 20% increase in closings from this year over last year. And how about inventory? You know, we think about, well, what's on the market for sale? If it's really a seller's market, um, that would mean the buyers are going to have a hard time finding properties. So what's the inventory looking like right now? Well, right now the inventory is down 17%. So while sales are up 20%, inventory is down 17%. That makes for quite a strong seller's market. Hmm. So if somebody wants to be a buyer, they should be concerned and be out there looking right now. But it's really a good time to buy right now, isn't it, also because of the financing rates? Absolutely, the low percentage rates. And We'll see what happens towards the end of the year, but they back in you know September they they halted that little percentage rate increase. So while that's still happening, there are good mortgage rates to be had. So Steve, let me come back to you for a minute. This is Steve Medeiros from Pelletier Realty, who's also the president elect of the Southeastern Massachusetts Association of Realtors. If somebody is interested in selling their house, and we're now talking in the month of October. Um, is there a particular time they should wait, or should they just do it right now? Well, uh, I'd do it for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, you're going to be coming into the winter, and if we have a winter like last year, mm-hmm. it could make it a little bit slow okay. uh, if we have some challenges with uh, getting around. Um, but also, like Paul mentioned, with the rates, if the rates do end up going up in the near future, that affects any buyer coming in, what their purchase power is. Hmm. So that could affect your what you're looking to get as far as what you're going to sell your home for. Um, the big thing, though, is price your home right. You know, make sure you, you get with an agent who can give you a good market analysis, and actually look at what your you know what your price should be and price it there. Don't overprice it because if you overprice it, it's going to be sitting there, and you may not get a quick sale um, or get a good sale. Um, if you price it right, what we're seeing right now is a lot of uh, multiple offer situations where people are getting their asking price or above because people are bidding on a house because it's priced right and they don't want to lose it because they see other houses jumping off the market. You know, I've, I've read about that in other areas, in other parts of the country where there are true bidding wars, but 
Um, is that happening in southeastern Massachusetts also? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've wow. Had, I've had buyers who've missed out on properties because they took a little bit longer to make a decision. Hmm. Um, I've had sellers who put the house in the market, and within a week, um, we've had you know multiple offers because we, you know, we had a whole bunch of showings on it. And So, it, it, again, it's about pricing it right. We've had some people who overpriced their homes thinking that they are, you know, they're going to be able to price it higher and get a, a better price, and those people are still sitting there with not a lot of showings. So mm-hmm. buyers are smart right now. They do their research online. Okay. And they look and they find out, okay, what it's, what's selling the area? What's a good price? And if they see it's a good price, they'll jump on it. But if they see it's overpriced, they're going to wait and watch what happens. Okay. You know, I saw something recently that I felt was very interesting. It started back in the summertime. I saw somebody put a sign on their house for sale by owner. And it's on Rockland Street in Dartmouth. And I kept driving by it. I kept driving by it. I kept driving by it. And guess what? There's now a sign on there by Gardner Real Estate. So it's not easy to sell your own house. It, it's not easy, and the statistics say that most people who are for sale by owners will eventually end up listing with an agent. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason why is the agents have the ability to um, to mass market the home um, in a lot of different areas that the average um, home seller, if they try to do it themselves, can't do. Well, you know, we didn't get prepared ahead of time to talk about this question, but I think it's an interesting question. I can think of a lot of reasons why um, you wouldn't want to try to sell your own house. For one thing... You could have somebody unscrupulous coming into your house that you don't even know. You don't have any ability to screen who's coming into your house. Um, what if you had somebody who wants to come into your house just to case your house or see what you have there? Yeah, that, that's that's you know that doesn't happen often, but it does happen occasionally. So there's a security issue. Whereas I guess if you come in with a broker and the, and a real estate agent, they have the ability to know ahead of time that this is a person who's looking to buy a property. Generally, um, you know. Most people, we, we ask them for a pre-approval letter, so we, we ask that they've done some due diligence ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no certain way to know what someone's intentions are. But sure. there is there is definitely a little bit more of a screening process that goes on. So there's a screening process if you work with a real estate broker. There's a security uh, safety factor in working with a real estate broker because you don't have you know anybody just off the street looking through your house. Um, and I guess there are other reasons, too, because, as you said, if you don't price your house right, I think if every seller who's trying to sell their own house probably has pipe dreams about what their house is really worth, or they don't have realistic ideas about what it's worth. Yeah, exactly. And, and the thing is, if you get a, a good agent who's got some experience and, and is really involved in the market, you know, they'll be able to really give you a good idea of what the market's doing um, and make sure that you know, they have their finger on the pulse of the market. Um, so they, they can kind of say, okay, this is what's happening right now. This is what's been going on with offers and other properties. This has been going on with buyers. So they can kind of educate their, their, you know, their seller or their buyer to let them know what's going on. Mm. Um, the other thing that, that's a, a common thing that people don't even consider is that sometimes a buyer or a, a seller will actually sabotage their own deal uh, unintentionally um, by, you know, by getting too emotional about the situation. You know, if somebody takes too long to respond to them, they say, oh, forget it, I'm not going to buy the house or I'm not going to sell them the house. And, and you know, sometimes we have to calm them down and say, okay, listen, do you want to sell it? You know, if we have no other offers on the property, let's just wait and see what they come back with because you have no other options right now. And, and kind of keeping them, you know, kind of bringing them back to, um, you know, reality and making sure that they understand what the real long-term goal is and not getting too emotional in that, in that sense. You know, I, we could probably talk for the next 10 or 15 minutes about just reasons why you shouldn't try to sell your own house. I'm just thinking about doing your own open house. How would you do your own open house if you weren't a broker, if you didn't have a broker in the scene? Uh, you'd be chasing people all around the house, and people could be coming in. You wouldn't be able to see them. But when you're doing an open house as a broker, you do it a little differently, don't you? You require an identification or something of that nature. Yeah, we require people to sign in. Um, 
And and usually when you do an open house deal, most buyers don't want to talk about the house in front of a seller. You know, I've had some sellers that say, I want to stay home during the showing. It makes it a little more challenging because the buyers aren't as open and, and talking about what their what their real goals are, what they're trying to do with the home. Okay. And and, and for me, when I'm when I'm showing a property and you know, a lot of agents I've come across that really do a good job. When you're, when you're in the house, if they're asked questions of the buyer, they find out what the buyer's needs are, and they'll, sometimes they'll come up with some really way, good ways to address their concerns as they're walking through the house. You know, maybe making a, a den into a bedroom or you know, adding on an additional bathroom if they need it, finding the space for that. So a lot of times they have that, you know, that ability to kind of see past what they, what's really there. So. Mm. so the message in the bottom line of this, uh, we're talking with Steve Medeiros from Pelletier Realty, is... You really ought to work with a broker. You ought to work with a realtor. Um, Paul, Paul Chase from uh, Southeastern Massachusetts Association of Realtors. You're the executive director. You know, you've just given us some great statistics and information about how the trend is certainly up in Southeastern Massachusetts. Yes. And, of course, if uh, rail ever comes to South Coast, I think that's only going to further increase. I do. What's the main difference between a real estate agent and a realtor or a real estate broker and a realtor? That's a good question because a lot of people think they're one and the same. Actually, realtors uh, abide by a code of ethics. They're part of the membership of the National Association of Realtors, the Mass Association of Realtors, and a local association such as ours. And uh, they, um, they do subscribe to a code of ethics. If we have issues, we can um, mediate issues between different realtors. Uh, we can arbitrate between different realtors. And the other thing that uh, I stress a lot, we always have access to education. And that's what we really, really push in our realtors. More education. There's n- you can never have enough education. We have different types of education. There are continuing education classes, but we also have, we just uh, left the realtor convention for the state last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of great speakers there. So there's a lot of um, information that our realtors get that not all, all real estate agents have access to. So when you see somebody with that little R pin who's a realtor, uh, what it really means is they've had even further training than what might be the minimum requirements for a regular real estate broker. Yes. A code of ethics that you adhere to, and a lot of ongoing continuing education as well. Absolutely. Well, you might be interested to know that I'm not only a real estate broker, but I'm also a realtor. And I've been a realtor for probably 20 years. We don't run an active practice. We get involved in... um, some commercial sales and occasional sales for our clients, um, but primarily we refer people to other brokers. But I have nothing but respect for the realtor organization. So it's a great organization. So, ladies and gentlemen, when you're looking to um, sell your house, don't just look for a real estate broker. Look for an organization which is also comprised of realtors. It's a different breed. It's a different level of professionalism. I think a lot of people need to upgrade their impression of realtors and and brokers as well, but certainly realtors, because it is a highly uh, trained professional organization. I know that, um, what is it, every two years the license renews? Correct. I just renewed mine um, about two months ago. Okay. And I had to take an additional 12 hours of continuing education classes. Yes. And um, although I could teach many of the classes, I still had to go through the drill of sure. taking the CE courses. Sure. But you always learn something. You know, there's something new right now. Um, in the news as far as realtors are concerned. There's a new law that just became effective this past week. Yes. And uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? It's to help consumers, I know. It is. Actually, 
part of the law has been was rolled out over a year ago. Um, the newest pieces that are that are being rolled out now primarily have to do with the closing, mm-hmm. um, and it's got to do with three specific areas, which I could have Steve speak a little bit more to because he's more familiar with the closing uh, areas. So, but um, it's uh, it's it's part of the RESPA and trade, and it came down from the Consumer uh, Financial Protection Bureau. If right. I said that correctly. Yes, you did. Uh, yes. Um, and so you know, it's something that realtors along with mortgage, uh, mortgage folks and attorneys all have to be on the same page with the buyer in order to ensure this thing closes on time or relatively close. This is called a closing disclosure that's now required. Yes. yes. And I know that one of the things is that there has to be a closing disclosure form given to the buyer at least three days prior to the closing. Yes, it does. And if it's not, then the then the uh, closing is required to be extended, um, and that's primarily to, to look out for the, the buyer. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't see so much of it anymore. But in the heyday years ago, percentage percentage points would change at the last minute, and that would you know increase the the sale of a home or the mortgage of the home for for the buyer. So it's things like that that the bureau is trying to put protection in place for the buyers. And I guess this might be a situation that potentially could delay some closings if somebody were selling a house and then planning to buy a house the same day or the next day. They'd have to pay very close attention to the dates, wouldn't they? They would, yeah. And that and that's the area we see the biggest concern is the piggybacks. The one has to sell and the other one's buying, but then that one's selling at the same time. And because often they happen on the same day. So if anybody's listening right now and you've got a pending sale and you're planning to buy another house. Uh, you need to be really sure that the uh, professionals you're working with are totally in tune with this new requirement because it is the law, effective at the beginning of October 2015. And right now, borrowers will have to get at least three days to review the loan before they close the mortgage. Um, as you mentioned, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau uh, created this new regulation requirement. So I guess the reason is because in the past, people may have missed some of the fine print and didn't know exactly what they were signing until the time of the closing itself. So although this is a major change, it will give time for the buyers to review the details of the loan more closely. But um, experts are predicting there might be some delays. So I, I guess this would be another strong reason, wouldn't it, Paul, to be working with professionals. Professional like realtor. Realtors, exactly. Right. As Steve said, it, it's going to be important that the realtor stay on top of this with the buyer and have strong communications with the mortgage company, the closing attorney, and the buyer. Okay. Um, well, we all need banks when we close loans, don't we? We have to uh, deal with lenders and so forth for the most part. Um, one of my favorite quotes from Robert Frost was, a bank is a place where they lend you an umbrella in fair weather and ask for it back again when it begins to rain. I think Robert Frost might have had some bad experience in right. his lifetime. But banks do good things, too, don't they? They lend people money in order to be able to buy a house. And um, uh, I have one more quotation I'd like to give you about buying houses in general. I, I, I just really enjoyed this one. This is from somebody called Lupe Velez. The first time you buy a house, you see how pretty the paint is, and you buy it. The second time, you look to see if the basement has termites. It's the same with men. <laughs> That's not directly on point, but I just so 
sort of tickled my fancy when I was researching some quotations about houses and real estate. So let's talk about um, this disclosure form. We've, we won't go into that in any more detail, but I will tell you this. If anyone is listening today and they'd like to have a copy of the new integrated disclosure addendum for a mortgage, they can get one from uh, either of you gentlemen. They can get one uh, from Paul Chase, uh, who's uh, the chief executive officer for Southeastern Massachusetts Association of Realtors. That's a big mouthful. It is. Or you can get it from Steve Medeiros at Pelletier Realty. And if you want to, you can also call my office. Um, in fact, if there's any real estate broker listening who may or may not be a realtor and they'd like to get a copy of this form, which, by the way, comes from the Mass Association of Realtors, give my office a call and we'll be happy to send one to you. Uh, 508-998-8858. But you do need to work with this form if there's any financing involved. And if you are a real estate professional listening, um, if you're not aware of this requirement, this new regulation, you need to be as soon as possible. And by the way, Steve, uh, you're with Pelletier Realty. How long have you been with Pelletier Realty? Uh, 11 years. 11 years. Yep. And how does somebody reach you if they want to contact you? Uh, they can actually have a website. That's uh, www.justleaveittosteve.com. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or they can call me on my cell, uh, which is uh, 508-951-9541. I like the www.justleaveittosteve.com. That's a great name. Yeah, thanks. That's super. And, uh, Paul, do you deal with the public, or do you deal primarily with other uh, realtors and professionals? Primarily with our membership. Okay. Yeah, and our affiliated partners. Correct. Okay. So, Steve, um, we talked about whether it's a good time to sell. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever find people who are interested in selling their houses, and they may want to offer something else with it, like we were just talking earlier about snow? Do you ever see somebody who says, I'm selling my house, and with it there's this brand new snowblower that cost me a thousand dollars is sitting in the garage you buy my house you get this snowblower as well uh yeah sometimes uh especially if you get a property let's say they have a really long driveway um that someone needs to get to and the, you know that's one of the first concerns that someone thinks about is you know what am i going to do how am i going to maintain this and you know sometimes people leave that in a lot of times what the sellers will do is they'll kind of hold off and see what they get for an offer mm -hmm. and you know if they need to kind of sweeten the deal if they're not looking to take it with them then they can kind of throw it in to kind of sweeten the deal a little bit okay um the, the key thing is, and this is it's kind of important that you bring this up, is most people will say, oh, they'll see things in the house and they assume it goes with the house. If it's not attached to the house, it technically doesn't go along with the sale. Mm. So um, just because you see you know, a lawnmower in the garage or a snowblower or even a refrigerator, um, that doesn't automatically go with the sale. Only things like a dishwasher that's actually attached um, to the house, things that are kind of plumbed in, um, you, know, uh, you know, curtains don't necessarily have to stay. So sometimes people don't realize that. And, and a seller can actually disclose that something is not staying, and then it won't necessarily go with the sale like that. If they really have a, you know, an old chandelier that came from the family, uh, that's really uh, something that people don't always think about. And sometimes the seller will disclose that. Um, and that's why it's important to read the listing sheet because mm -hmm. a lot of times those disclosures are listed on there. And I suppose if somebody um, were interested in sweetening the deal, as we were talking about, you could even put stickers or signs on things that are specifically included. So when somebody goes through, they say, this is included, this is included. We're leaving the dining room set. This is included. Absolutely. And uh, Yeah, I've actually had people do that. I've had people say, you know, these items are included that have a little sticky note on it. And, and that way people know, hey, this is, you know, you know stuff that will kind of add to the value of the, mm -hmm. of the process. The one thing that I always caution people on is, you know, not to get too caught up in a lot of this extra stuff. Right. Because really, you're buying a piece of land with a house on it. 
and I've seen deals fall apart over a $300 washer, you know, because people are arguing over that. I'm like, what, you know, we're losing sight of where we're really trying to get to, which is, you know, you buying a house that you're going to, you know, either live in or use as an investment. Um, and it's kind of crazy to let it fall, fall apart over a $300 washer. But, but I've seen it happen. You know, people get, they get really, you know, kind of upset about, um, you know, the, the principle of it. And to me, it's like, forget about what the principle is right now because, you know, three months from now, a year from now, that washer is not going to make a difference. You're going to have the home that you want, the investment that you want, and that's really where you need to be. Can I tell you a quick funny story? And the uh, very first job I had out of law school was, was uh, with Prescott Bullard McLeod in New Bedford. And I closed five loans a day, five days a week. And in between time, I searched titles. So I, when I was just learning the job, I went with another attorney to the closing. I was just an observer. There was a selling couple. It was a buying couple. And the husband and wife buyer started to dicker with each other, bicker with each other. And they got into a little argument. And then finally, the wife said, I'm not buying any house with you. And the husband said, I'm not buying any house with you. And they both got up and they walked out and there was no closing. Oh, wow. <laughs> but that's unusual. Well, we're talking with Steve Maderos from Pelletier Realty and Paul Chase from the Southeastern Massachusetts Association of Realtors. And we're talking about all things real estate today. We're going to come back in uh, just one minute. Please stay with us. We're going to talk about how to sell your house and how to buy your house. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to MoneyWise, brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. We're located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. We have many, many things that we're able to provide you. If you would like to contact our office, give us a call at 508-998-8858. We have a great publication called The Baby Boomer's Guide to Social Security. We have lots of information on retirement income and how to protect your own retirement plans. And our goal is always the same. We want to show you how you can protect your family and how you can protect your money. And that's our goal on our radio show every week. So we do appreciate your listening. We hope that when you do take the time to listen, that you can take away something every week from what you hear on the radio. This morning, we're talking about real estate. We're talking about what a strong real estate market we have in the uh, southeast region of Massachusetts. Real estate sales are way up. Uh, listings are down because there's not a lot of inventory on the market. So if you're thinking of selling, this is a particularly good time to sell your house. And what you need to do if you want to do that is get in touch with a realtor. So our guests this morning are Paul Chase, the Chief Executive Office for the Southeastern Massachusetts Association of Realtors. And although he works primarily with the professionals in the business, you could contact his office and he would be happy to refer you to people who are realtors in our area. So, Paul, what is your telephone number if somebody wants to call you? 508-993-0406, and we could certainly send out a list. Good, and you have a website also? We do, www.semarealtor.com. Okay, good. We're also talking this morning with Steve Medeiros, uh, who's been 11 years with Pelletier Realty in New Bedford, certainly one of the strong names in this community for many, many years, a long history I can remember Roger Pelletier from many, many years ago. Uh, he was working when I first began working at Prescott Bullard and McLeod. So welcome back, Paul, and welcome back, Steve. Thanks. Thank you. And by the way, Steve is also the uh, president-elect of the Southeastern Massachusetts Association of Realtors. So both of these gentlemen, in fact, myself as well, happen to be realtors. It's a good professional organization. Um, 
there's a requirement that you adhere to a particular code of ethics, and there's a requirement for ongoing continuing education. Lots of good information. So when you go to sell your house, when you go to list your house, don't try to sell it yourself. It doesn't work. I've seen too many people who've tried unsuccessfully. And uh, Steve, as you were saying just a minute ago, typically you'll see somebody having for sale by owner, and then a month or two later you'll see a realtor sign on their property. Right. And that's fairly inevitable. How does somebody go about pricing their home for sale? Well, um, you know, if they're going to end up using an agent, uh, then they would actually, you know, uh, call that realtor up. Um, they would come in. They'd be showing them some comps on the property. So comps are basically comparable sales that have happened in, in the local area. Mm-hmm. You know, something that's similar in size, condition, so they can come up with a value. And, and again, that's an estimated value. Th- there's no, you know, you could have five people come in and they're all going to be a little bit off from where they should, where they are, but they're going to be fairly close within the same ballpark. Um, and you put your house in the market. And, you know, there's three things that, in my opinion, help mm-hmm. sell a home. Okay. There's your marketing, uh, there's your price, and there's your condition. Okay. So if, you know, the, the agent should be, your realtor should be handle, handling your marketing. And if they do a good job, they should be getting it out there to a pretty good large amount of people. Um, the other two are actually in the seller's um, hands. Okay. Because the agent can come in and rep- recommend a price, but if they don't take the recommendation, uh, then you know that price is really in the seller's hands because the agents that just there to recommend it, not there to tell them what to do. It's the recommendation that's up, up, up to the seller to do that. The condition is huge too because if the condition is in great shape, then that's going to help the sale happen sooner because people are going to come in and say, "Wow, this is a really uh, nice home." If the condition's not in good shape, or there's something that's adversely affecting it, could be it's in a flood zone. It could be that um, you know it's uh, you know if it's really set back off off a long dirt driveway that you know might be a little bit of a of a hindrance to the, uh, certain buyers, that's going to eliminate people from the uh, from the equation, and those are things that you have to address too. And that's again something you can either address, maybe fixing it if it's something that you can't fix, or if you can't fix it, you have to adjust the price to accommodate for that. Okay. Do you ever look at um, assessed values? I, I suppose that's not really a great indication of value, is it? Um, not really. Uh, assessed values are something that's typically um, it's a historical number mm-hmm. so it's a little bit um you know a year or two back uh, the current values are what they're looking at current sales right now so okay and do you ever look at any of the on-site uh on a website kind of uh, locations like zillow or trulia or any are they any good indicators of value or are they just too general well they, they are very general and it's kind of funny you'll, you'll see like zillow has a zestimate and what most people don't realize is if you look underneath that zestimate it'll say the range. Mm-hmm. And that range could be $30,000, and I've seen it be as much as $150,000 wow. on a range. And that number might be not right in the middle. It could be in the lower end of the range or the higher end of the range. And, and really, you could have somebody, if they're really going with that number, uh, I've seen people actually underprice their homes uh, or think their house, house is priced less when I go in because that's what Zillow said or mm-hmm. think it's a lot higher um, because of some sales that have happened but aren't comparable sales. It, it uses an algorithm, mm-hmm. which isn't accurate. You know, An agent's got to go in there and look at things and kind of make the assessments based on condition um, and based on uh, what's selling in the area. And what about doing an appraisal? Do you ever recommend to people if they're really being unrealistic about a price that maybe they ought to spend $400 and get an appraisal? Uh, you know, some people do do that. Um, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's really up to them if they want to spend the money on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, appraisals are already always a good indicator. Um, but one thing that doesn't take into account an appraisal is what the competition is right now. And an agent, when you're working with them, they're going to look at not just what has sold, 
but also what your competition is out there so you can adjust to oh, the sure. competition. Yeah. And an appraisal just looks at the historical value again, but more recent than an, uh, an assessed value would be. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that piece of it. What if you have uh, four other houses in the same neighborhood? that are for sale that certainly affects the value doesn't it absolutely i mean imagine if you know let's say all the houses that had sold were you know sold at a certain value and now everything that's similar to your home like similar size similar condition is priced lower than that well it's going to be hard for you to get that higher price because they're priced lower and people you know just like if you're shopping for a car or, or anything you're going to always look for that the best deal possible so unless you have something to differentiate yourself from those other properties you're going to end up probably having a price that's similar to those all right, but in any event, a realtor can help price the property and make suggestions as to what should be a realistic price. Absolutely. And you really can't do that on your own. What about condition? What do you see when somebody is selling a house? What should they do to improve the condition of their house? Um, that Again, that depends on a lot of different factors. Um, every home is different. Um, you know, you walk in and you may see a kitchen that you think, okay, it needs to be updated. Some person may come in and you may update it and they may still want to update it again based on their needs. So a lot of times um, you, know, you have to look at, it's, it's a kind of case by case basis, mm -hmm. um, but you have to make sure that what you're gonna invest in it when you, after the after improved value is gonna be there. Because otherwise you're spending money that may not necessarily get, give you a return. But if you do spend the right amount of money on it, where you do get that return, sometimes it'll help itself faster. Um, it'll open up to a, a greater pool of buyers because the house that needed the rehab now is now available to buyers who maybe couldn't afford the rehab or maybe their financing wouldn't let them do the rehab. That's a good thought. I hadn't thought of that. Sure. So if you need to update a kitchen, for example, although that's an expensive sure. piece of the house to fix, but it also means that a new buyer coming in won't have to spend the money to do that. Absolutely. Kitchens, baths, those are where a lot of the value comes from. But there's a lot of things that people can do that are very inexpensive. It'll take some time and effort on their part uh, if they have the ability to do so, which is you know, curb appeal is really important. You know, landscaping, making it look nice, just kind of cleaning up the yard themselves, mm -hmm. giving it a fresh coat of paint, things like that that are low cost but can really make a big difference if they can really get the house uh, looking nice. And I've heard that uh, clutter is really a big one. You don't want a house that's cluttered and has, you know, 50 pictures of kids around the living room, for example. Absolutely, yeah. You want to you wanna try to allow the people to, when they walk into the home, to not have your stuff in the way where they can't envision their stuff there. You want to allow it so there's, it's enough that they can see someone's living there, but that they can say, okay, this is where I could picture my stuff. And if there's too much stuff from the other people, they're not going to see that, and especially without too much stuff in the rooms. I, I tell a lot of sellers, I say, listen, you're going to be moving, so let's just get everything packed up into bins now and get rid of all the stuff that you have and consolidate as much as possible and get it into one corner of the basement, and we can say, hey, that's their stuff. They're getting ready to move mm, and clean out the rest of the house. Yeah, that's a great tip. Yep. We're talking with Steve Medeiros uh, from Pelletier Realty. Um, Steve, give us your phone number again, please. And yep, it's 508-951-9541 is my cell. And my website is www.justleaveittosteve.com. I like that. That really uh, appeals to me, justleaveittosteve.com. So Steve Madero's from Pelletier Realty. I have to give you another quotation from my, uh, my buddy this morning, Donald Trump. Well, real estate is always good as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward for Donald Trump. But, you know, members of his family have also uh, chimed in as well. Um, I can't remember if Ivanka is his daughter or his wife because there have been numerous women yeah. um, bearing the name Trump. Uh, so Ivanka Trump said, real estate is my life. It is my day job, if you will. But it consumes my nights and weekends, too. So she was obviously very busy in real estate, wasn't she? <laughs> Absolutely. And... Um, 
So I want to give you some quotations, uh, a quick quotation from Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Real estate cannot be lost or stolen, nor can it be carried away. Purchased with common sense, paid for in full, and managed with reasonable care, it is about the safest investment in the world. A lot of famous people have chimed in on the value of real estate. And I have to say, I've bought and sold a number of homes over the years, um, different locations. And on one place, I broke even. Every other place, I've always made money. So if you take care, if you buy a house and take care of a house, improve it and so forth, later when you go to sell it because of appreciation, typically you're going to make money on that house. Yeah, as long as you sell it at the right time, yeah. Well, timing is important too, isn't it? Very Steve? important, yeah. <laughs> well, let's um, talk a little bit about um, if you're a buyer for a house, what should you do if you're buying a house? Do you represent buyers as well as sellers? I do. Uh, yeah, buyers, um, I, I probably make about half my business. Um, but, you know, most agents, um, when they get into the business, they tend to work with a little more buyers. And then they tend, as they get to be a little bit further in the business, they tend to work with a, kind of an equal amount of both. Hmm. Um, buyers, the one thing that I would say is they, they need to do their, their research on the property um, and they need to definitely have a home inspection. A home inspection is so important because it gives you a real good idea of what the, um, you know, the home has that is a benefit to it. You know, what are the good things in the house that, you know, what's been updated recently and also the things that you might need to be looking at for down the road. Um, something that may be coming up that you say, okay, you know, the roof is on the end of its life. You know, you probably get another, let's say five years left on it. You might start, want to start budgeting for that. Mm -hmm. Well, I agree with that entirely, and I always tell people to uh, require a home inspection if you're a buyer, uh, get a home inspection. I looked at a house once myself that was serviced by a well. It did not have municipal water, and I put in a regular home inspection, and, and the house was beautiful. It met all the requirements, um, and then we got the well report back, and the well was producing two gallons per minute, and it was so deficient that we figured you could probably do one shower in the morning then have to wait for the the tank to recharge again. And I turned it down. I, I backed out of the contract because it was going to take probably ten or $15,000 to put a new well in. This was a fairly deep well as it was. And I said, I don't want to take that obligation on not having any clue whether I could even get water. Absolutely. So inspections are really critical. Um, so... Is there other, are there other kinds of basic research you might do for a buyer if you're helping a buyer assist a property? Um, I don't know, just in general? Um, one of the, the big things that a buyer needs to look at is their, when they're looking at their financing mm -hmm. is their options. A lot of times buyers aren't aware of all the options they have. Um, certain communities around here, um, we're very fortunate to be where we are, a lot of them qualify for USDA, which is a 0%, um, no money down, um, loan that they can, you know, basically purchase with no money down, um, similar to the VA loan, um, which is also a no money down. Um, for the people who have good credit, good income, but they just haven't been able to save up the money, mm -hmm. um, you know, that is something that is a real big benefit for those people that allows them to get into a home. Um, so people don't even realize that. There's mass housing, which is an also an option. There's the FHA loan. There are properties, uh, there are loans out there that it's a FHA 203K, which is a rehab loan that allows people to get, to buy a home and then get rehab money on top of that to finance uh, the rehab. So there's a lot of things that people sometimes if they don't realize what they can qualify for, then they may not necessarily look at all the uh, houses out there that could be options for them. Mm -hmm. Steve, are you uh, doing much with veterans loans? Are you seeing much activity with veterans trying to buy houses today and using veterans, the VA program? Yeah, actually, um, I'd say over the past four or five years, I've 
had more people looking to use the VA loan process than ever before. Um, that's something that, you know, I think it's, a lot, again, kind of the climate that we've come, come from with what's been going on abroad. Um, but we have a lot of people coming back, and they're using that as a benefit that they don't have to put money down. They, some of them have the money, but they're keeping it in the bank mm -hmm. as a safety net so that way they can, you know, they don't have to put that money and lock it into their home. And by the way, Steve, one of the things that we've done in my office is we've helped a number of people get reverse mortgages. And a lot of people don't realize that if you're over 62 and you want to buy a house, you can actually purchase a house with a reverse mortgage. Yep. And absolutely. people think of reverse mortgages as something you do because you want to pay off your existing mortgage and not have a mortgage to pay in retirement. Or you may have to raise money to provide more income for yourself. Um, but we actually helped some people who sold a house in Fairhaven and they were going they had enough equity from the sale of the house they were going to pay cash for another house in an adjoining town um, but they were going to be left with nothing in the bank and we showed them how they could take half the money half the equity from the sale of the house in Fairhaven and use it as a substantial down payment on the new house they were buying and then they paid for the balance with a reverse mortgage so they ended up buying a house with a reverse mortgage no payments to make and yet they still ended up keeping cash in the bank Absolutely. And then some people, I've seen some people even do that and take the money that they kept and invest it. Mm -hmm. And then they get they get a better return on the investment side than they were paying on the rate. So sometimes it, it can be, a lot of people can do some very creative things with reverse mortgages. It's just something that's not as much of a utilized tool that um, you know many seniors don't realize. And right. I think a lot of times you'll see um, people think of it, the old traditional approach, they want to get their money out or they're looking at you know leaving a legacy for their kids. Mm -hmm. And often their kids are like, listen, just take care of yourself. Be happy. You know, make sure that you're in a comfortable situation. Get a house to me because I have my own house, you know. And a lot of times people don't realize that. Yeah, we see that a lot. And sometimes we'll tell people if you want to leave a legacy for your kids, do what's most comfortable for you with your house situation and buy a life insurance policy. You can do the same thing. And that might even be a better way to do it. You're listening to Money Wise this morning, brought to you by USA Wealth Group, and we'd like to talk to you every week about things that will be helpful to you in your own personal financial life or maybe somebody you know or a family member. And this morning, our focus is on real estate. We're not going to go into real depth this morning. Uh, we don't have a lot of time left anyway to talk about financing tools and financing vehicles, but boy, you know, when you think about it, um, Steve, realtors have to know about all the different avenues of financing that are available, too, and suggest those to their clients, don't they? They have to be aware of it. Again, I leave that to the professionals. You know, I, I make mm -hmm. sure that the, you know, whoever they're going to see, whatever the bank or mortgage company they're talking to, um, you know, that that's a reputable company that can do a good job in advising them. But I need to know the basics so that I can say, hey, have you asked them about this? And then they can kind of have that conversation with them. Um, I try not to get into, you know, you know, the rates and all that stuff because that changes a lot. And, you know, it's up to, um, you know, it's up to those, uh, those people. So. Mm -hmm. um, Steve Medeiros from Pelletier Realty. Tell us what your phone number is again. 508-951-9541. Uh, and tell us again the great name of your website. <laughs> it's uh, www.justleaveittosteve.com. I think that's just a funny name. I'm sorry. I won't comment on it anymore. Yeah. But I want to give you a couple more quotations because I would be remiss uh, if I failed to do that. Um, this is a um, quote by John Paulson. He's an investor and multi-billionaire. If you don't own a home, buy one. If you own a home, buy another one. If you own two homes, buy a third. And lend your relatives the money to buy a home. <laughs> so I guess that says it all. And uh, did you ever hear the name Susie Orman? Yes. I think everybody's heard of Susie Orman. 
She said, owning a home is a keystone of wealth, both financial affluence and emotional security. So home ownership is one of the key things that's been so important to you know, many, many millions of people in this country. And um, that's the business that you're in. And um, we're, we're pleased that you are and you have the experience you do. Let me come back to you, Paul. Um, Paul Chase is the uh, chief executive officer for Southeastern Massachusetts Association of Realtors. Do you have classes in, in town or in the area that you bring in realtors for? Yes. And do you cover the whole region, the whole southeast region? We do. We, we go from pretty much the entire south coast from Wareham down to the Rhode Island line. Okay. Uh, we have we hold a lot of the classes within our own classroom, mm-hmm. which is located in New Bedford. Um, but we do have sometimes we go out different areas to have classes, and there it's a range from continuing education classes to um, local education. For instance, sometimes we bring in uh, a fire captain to talk about smoke inspections or the changes sure. that may be going on um, in various things like that. We also do have um, we hold in partnership with the city of New Bedford. Classes for first-time home buyers, and a lot of people don't realize, but first-time home buyers are eligible for a grant if they're buying in the city of New Bedford. If you go through the class, and it's a you do not have to pay the grant back either. Hmm. So it's a great little uh, bit of money for first-time home buyers that may struggle a little bit to get that down payment. That's really good to know, and I've seen those courses advertised occasionally in the paper, uh, but I didn't realize they offered grants also. Yes. So if somebody's interested in that, give us uh, your number again. This sure. is Paul Chase from the Realtors Association. Yep, 508-993-0406, and we can get them in touch with the people they need to. Okay, and also your website once again? www.semarealtor.com. Okay. Do you cover Fall River area also? We do have agents in Fall River, yes. Okay, uh, realtors. Yes. Okay. So the whole southeast area of realtors would belong to your organization? For the most part, there is a, there is a separate Fall River Association, but okay. we do have realtors that, that are part of our organization that Good. work the Westport Fall River area. So if you want to sell your house, ladies and gentlemen, consult a realtor, number one. And if you want to buy a house, Steve? Consult a realtor. Consult a realtor. There you go. Of course. Just leave it to Steve. Yeah, just leave it to Steve. <laughs> so look for somebody with a higher level, a higher designation of professionalism. It won't cost you a penny more, but you're going to get a lot better advice and a lot better professional treatment when you deal with a realtor. Um, and if there are any real estate brokers listening who are not realtors, um, I guess you would encourage them to become a realtor, wouldn't you? Absolutely. We're yeah. always talking with real estate agents, telling them the importance of becoming a realtor. Yep. No, it's a great organization. You know, one and of the things that, that I see that why, why someone should be a realtor is not just the code of ethics and everything like that, but when we all get together together, we really do a lot of, of work on the state level and national level to work for home ownership rights. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of things that people don't realize, you know, keeping that mortgage interest deduction, you know, in play. You know, we lobby for that all the time to make sure that doesn't get eliminated. There's a lot of things that we do on the state level that people don't even realize um, that we keep from or kind of dissuade people from making that law and to go into effect. Okay. Um and that's really important. You know, our tax laws are constantly under assault in this country. And one of the things that's actually been questioned is whether or not people should be allowed to continue claiming interest on their mortgage as a deduction on their income taxes. And um, 
I would think that would be a very difficult uh, tax deduction to eliminate because it would totally kill the real estate business. It would kill the economy, I think. Construction, sales, everything. So, yes, another good reason to be a realtor or support the realtor organization is because they support that very important tax concept. Well, this has been really exciting. I'm I'm so thrilled to have um, two very highly regarded professionals on us on the show with us this morning. Uh, Steve Medeiros from Pelletier Realty. And Steve, um, are you going to spend a lot more time as president-elect of the uh, realtor organization? Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it. It's been a fun year as, as president-elect and then coming in as president. It's a lot of uh, things we get to do and um, just making a difference uh, in the community, and it's really important. So. And if anybody would like to contact Steve from Pelletier Realty, um, just leave it to steve.com or 508-951-9541. And then, uh, Paul Chase, we're, we're so thrilled to have you here with us as well. Thank you. You're sort of like the professional's professional also, <laughs> you know, being the uh, chief executive officer for the Southeastern Massachusetts Association of Realtors. If anybody wants to reach Paul Chase, and particularly if you're a first-time homebuyer and you want to know more about the grant programs that might be available to help you buy a house, you can call him at 508-993-0406. And, uh, Paul, what is your website? www.semarealtor.com. Great. Well, um, I've always loved real estate all my life. I've always told people that real estate is something I really enjoy. If we can help you in your retirement plans in particular at USA Wealth Group, give us a call at 508-998-8858. You can visit our website, which is usawealthgroup.com. And we have new information. And thank you once again, um, Steve Medeiros from Pelletier Realty. Just leave it to steve.com. And Paul Chase from the uh, Chief Executive Office of the Realtors Organization. Call him at 508-993-0406. Please stay tuned every week, ladies and gentlemen. This is Money Wise, brought to you by USA Wealth Group.